We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pieces continue to fall into place around the NFL as NFL free agency continues. It has been a busy couple of uh, days, Sean, a busy couple of weeks, and no more so than the NFL and free agency. We've had a couple of busy days ourselves. I was mentioning before we started the show, I traveled to Dublin this weekend here in Ireland, traveled back home, had two hours sleep, headed to the airport, got on a plane, went over to London to an Arsenal match, which thankfully after all of this, they won. And then I traveled directly back. So in the space of 36 hours, I I've been up quite a few miles and I've had a day in between, Sean, to get some sleep and to, to recover here, but a pretty busy weekend. How was your weekend? I know sport was involved as well. Yeah, well, the first thing is it's really cool and, and really exciting to think of you out there globe trotting. I know that in reality, those places are pretty close, but for American listeners, especially to think of you being in Dublin, being in Belfast, even if it's just the airport. Traveling to London, you know, it's a squeezing into those air, airplane seats, squeezing into the. I didn't get Yeah, because remind everybody how, how tall you are. Uh, six foot six. Yeah. So at six foot, airplanes are extremely uncomfortable. Add six more inches. Yeah, that, that would be tricky. Colin did his version of planes, trains, and automobiles this weekend. And like he said, fortunately, his team won. Mine was not nearly as high profile, but we have. A an Arizona softball program here that anybody who's followed some of the smaller sports, if you follow softball, if you follow tennis, support the small sports too, right? We have the big NCAA tournament going on this weekend, the big dagger for Kansas City-ish fans. Obviously, the Kansas Jayhawks are in Lawrence, 45 minutes down the road. That is in Kansas. People lose track of which parts are in Kansas, which parts are in Missouri. But the big reminder I have for myself is that Jayhawks fans, Chiefs fans, absolutely spoiled over the last couple of years. You win a national title, you win a Super Bowl. When your team fails to defend, I mean, it hurts. But again, very spoiled. That that did spoil the NCAA tournament for me a little bit, but got to watch some softball that didn't exactly go as planned either, but was extremely exciting. Got some shootouts here in the thin Tucson air we tend to get some runs scored, which, again, I, I'm not a baseball and softball purist, 
I do like to see scoring in my sports. Sometimes it works in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's very exciting. Call up. We have more fantasy football to get to. Obviously a lot of signings where we're into the second week now, but these signings are still pretty important. Yeah, I think they are pretty important. And they're players that we talk about quite a bit in previous years. Some of them in previous episodes in the, the short past in terms of looking at them so we do get Devin Singletary signing with the Houston Texans obviously he was with the Buffalo Bills one of my favorites uh I had a few people reach out to kind of see how I was doing after this news broke and how I felt about the move of Singletary to the Texans but obviously we've talked in the past about him and James Cook but it won't be long before I'm telling you about James Cook's running back teammate that has also joined the team we talked last week with the situation with how the Patriots were moving things around. James Robinson there now, obviously Ramondre Stevenson. But Singletary now is with the Texans, and then that opens up the door for Damian Harris, formerly of the Patriots, to make a move on a one-year contract with the Buffalo Bills. So lots of moving parts. We're going to talk through some of these in a moment. The other one that happened a little while ago, but we didn't mention, so it's bringing it up on today's show, Jamal Williams. He moves. We talked about DeAndre Swift. We talked about David Montgomery recently. Jamal Williams the odd man out in Detroit, signs a three-year, $12 million deal with the Saints. That is one that Blair Andrews has a fantastic piece about up on rotoviz.com. And Sean, one that you have wrote about up on the website is the Bears signing Dante Foreman, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, a one-year, $3 million contract for him. And I'll give a tease here, and I'm sure you'll talk through it about it, but you mentioned that the Bears may have one of the most dangerous backfields in the NFL after adding Foreman to that roster those sean are players that we have talked a lot about in the past we touched on last week austin eckler and we've made comparisons to deandre swift potentially with austin eckler but eckler somebody who's really pushing hard to get um not even to get a move away from the chargers but to get paid what he believes he is worth and if we look around how free agency has worked at the running back position and how some of the running backs contracts have happened over the last year or two it is very hard for these running backs trying to make the money that they're you know putting their bodies through in these week-to-week events what are your thoughts on on how this has settled after kind of the second uh, week of free agents here you see a lot of teams making sharp i wouldn't say under the radar I, there's really nothing that's under the radar in the nfl anymore but sharp signings at prices that allow them to build the rest of their roster to build the depth that they need at running back the tricky part here for players like an austin eckler is that what he brings, and we talk all the time about running backs being very replaceable. You need a lot of them, especially if you can get multiple guys who have interesting upside in a certain way, like the Bears have in their offense now, like the Carolina Panthers have in their offense. One of the things here, I mean, I think that you can look at Miles Sanders probably as a loser overall in free agency, even though he goes to a depth chart that supposedly isn't as strong as many of the others. He's probably going into an environment still where he's going to not have this big gap on the backup Chuba Hubbard, probably a similar talent. That seems strange to say, but if you go back and look at what Hubbard did in college, then you look at what he did last year specifically. And Hubbard brings a very similar skill set to a Miles Sanders. For the Carolina Panthers, it's fantastic. You have two explosive backs there. You look at a Saquon Barkley, you look at an Austin Eckler, those guys gap 
these other players that we're talking about in free agency in terms of what they bring to the table. But because the team still needs to protect themselves from injury, both in terms of having someone available at all, and then also protect themselves from the type of injury to where Barkley and Eckler come back to the pack and don't give that advantage, especially as they move forward in their careers. Both of them really getting to that point where not even necessarily Ezekiel Elliott kind of slide. And you think with Elliott, so much of what we do have with the football players, and Blair has some great research on this. Obviously, he's not the only one out there. But you tend to see collapses as opposed to declines. Ezekiel Elliott's, I mean, it feels like a, a collapse in some ways because he was so good early on in his career. But it actually fits a similar type of trajectory that we saw from David Johnson, that we saw from Todd Gurley, that we saw from a lady on bell his more gradual than theirs but one of the reasons that i've talked about jonathan taylor in the terms that i have the last several years is you can see those guys rise you can see them add the receiving touches and then you can see that go away again melvin gordon the other back who really fits into that group superstars who can't really maintain that dalvin cook another guy who started to be in that conversation last year Alvin Kamara with the things that he's going to have to go through also off the field and how the environment with the New Orleans Saints has really fallen apart. So when you look at it from an EP perspective, the expected points in the run game, the passing game no longer have the balance and then have the fantasy points over expectation upside that you would need. You go through and you look at all of those things. And if you have a Barkley, if you have an Eckler, when you have them in a situation that the contract is favorable to the team, as you have with the Chargers, then you're very happy with that. Once it flips and goes in the other direction, then there's so much risk. And we saw that with Elliott and how the Cowboys had to profess that the actual reality was different than it was for multiple years. And then even right up until they finally admitted that they were going to release him, there was rhetoric in that direction. Austin Eckler has been absolutely fantastic. We know that he was the key <laughs> to winning huge money in week 17 last year. He's been a very strong First round pick for multiple seasons. He is a poor man's Christian McCaffrey, and yet only by degree, right? I mean, especially when you look at the health that McCaffrey has provided over the last three seasons. I mean, Eckler has been the guy. And so for him to do that and not get compensated, I think is very frustrating. And yet when you look there and you see what he is as a pure rusher, not really the same caliber of some of these other top running backs. And you think about what the Chargers, probably to their detriment, but what the Chargers are now saying that they want to do offensively going forward, it's maybe not the best fit. That's a long way of saying that Eckler, I think, is right in what he wants. You can kind of understand where the team is coming from. It would be interesting if somehow Eckler would be to get on a team like the Kansas City Chiefs because they're in the same division there with the AFC West. That's probably the least likely outcome that you would get. But still some things to track. But Colin, what we do know here is that a bunch of good, not great running backs have changed teams. And all of these changes are fascinating. Yeah, the thing I was going to come back with is like, I think there, there's a lot of interesting parts to these deals. But it does feel a lot like, you know, one team just has let somebody go. They've taken in somebody who isn't all that much better. You probably don't get all that much more excited about Damian Harris versus Devin Singletary. Maybe I'm wrong by the time the season starts. Maybe we'll be much more excited. But, you know, if you swap some of these names around, I think we're probably in similar positions and similar ADPs for fantasy football for these players. And I think it's more a case of, even though the players have moved teams, for me, 
quite a few of them feel like the status quo. And the part that you mentioned there is the teams are doing very smart moves from their side. And obviously then that leads to the players probably not getting exactly what they should, but they are smart deals from the staff side in terms of the, the office, the front office. Do you feel like there's any of these players that have moved teams that is in a substantially better situation now than they were, you know, either a better team environment or, um, you know, likely to be the, the lead back on some of these rosters in 2023 here as we move forward? You know, you obviously have Singletary. People were getting excited about Damian Pierce. Now you have the two of them in there. And I think Pierce probably still could lead the way for that team. But I think it's closer at this point before training camp than maybe we would like some people would like to admit i'm obviously a devon singletary guy uh, <laughs> i wouldn't stay on that side but you have you know harris now with james cook who people are excited about you have javante williams who i think could be interesting with the the saints but i don't think the saints offense like you mentioned is going to put up the same points as it did maybe three four years ago and then dante foreman i think a nice move to sign with the bears i think they're a team that could make a jump forward which could lead to him having a, a substantially better role than he did last season so through all the the running backs we've talked about and last week we talked about montgomery and penny i think penny is very interesting obviously coming back off the injury now in philadelphia any of those that are really standing out for you as either massive risers or fallers well penny's going to be a riser obviously simply because he's in this fantastic offense and we do get a team that is good and is going to win that was interested in him. We didn't necessarily know for sure that that was going to be the case after the injuries and with the age. The thing there is that still a ceiling that is lower than we would like in an ideal situation because there are going to be a lot of these games. Even go back and look at Miles Sanders' fantasy scoring from last year, and there are games where nothing really transpires there. You're probably not going to emerge as a receiving back, and despite his size, and despite this idea that he's probably what we've always called at Rotoviz a profile one back, I mean, he's someone who did take some catches and go for big yards for them. You're going to be in a rotation. You're probably not going to catch a bunch of passes. You do need to score some touchdowns. You do need to make some big plays. But obviously having Penny then score in the way that Miles Sanders did last year, that seems very, very possible. So he is a winner. The rest of these guys, it's interesting because – for most of them, they stay in a similar range ADP-wise, but it does get solidified somewhat now that you know that there is a team interested in them for sure. Devin Singletary is a guy where people have criticized his running style now for several seasons, and if he's not back with the Bills, and you didn't expect him to be back with the Bills because he and James Cook are too similar, and Cook, obviously the more talented player, or at least seemingly the more talented player, certainly the player who's been added more recently – and that part of it is going to be huge in terms of how teams look at their running back position. They talked about wanting a big back. Damian Harris, the perfect fit there. I think that one-two punch is going to be really excellent for them. Do what they want. And the Bills, because they score so many points, you, you tend to look at these types of environments and think about just Jamal Williams. Very much apples and oranges in terms of the specifics you look at his 2021 season in which DeAndre Swift has some injuries and yet Jamal Williams is a huge disappointment. He comes back the next season, a similar thing with Swift, but he is one of the breakout stars of the entire NFL season. That kind of thing can happen on a team basis as well. It can also happen on an individual game basis. So when you're thinking of it from a best ball perspective, especially 
you want to have exposure to these backs in high-powered offenses. So Harris, Cook, both of those guys remain very exciting. I mentioned Jamal Williams and Blair's article. The thing that's interesting there is that moving from the Lions to the Saints, I think, dramatically lowers the floor, but also raises the ceiling. Because with the guys that they had in Detroit, it was going to be somewhat unlikely, especially as after how he had been used the last couple of years, it's going to be unlikely that he caught a bunch of passes where we know that he was not a bad receiving back when he played for the Packers. Now, as a mediocre talent gets older, you're going to lose some of those elements. So probably that doesn't come back anyway, especially when we saw how Alvin Kamara wasn't used as much as a receiving back the last several years. But Kamara has the suspension. Williams moves into the first team slot for a chunk of the year. That's all projection. We don't know exactly when the timing will be or how long it will be. But if he adds some of that receiving back in and is the starter for a while, then the ceiling actually much higher than it was realistically in Detroit because he wasn't going to score all those touchdowns again. He probably would have scored well, but at a level that would have been ultimately disappointing when he's going to lose a lot of work to DeAndre Swift, the superior back there. So I think that you have to like that one, although you realize the floor now is very low. The one that I wrote a big article on, and, and as was the case with Baker Mayfield, probably more than people were interested in, but I think the Deontay Foreman move to the Chicago Bears is fascinating because Foreman, probably more explosive, probably more talented, at least in some of the ways that we really like, both as viewers and then arguably as fantasy managers, then a David Montgomery. And yet Montgomery had really been the guy over the last couple of seasons that had the high value touches that did exist in that offense, of which there weren't very many. And so you look forward to next season, you really like Khalil Herbert. He was number one in the NFL last year in terms of <laughs> yards over expected foreman also near the top of that leaderboard. But when you look at them, you look at Herbert, especially after he came back from his midseason injury, not a lot of scoring there and not a lot of opportunity for either goal line touches or receiving touches in that offense. So you look at both of these guys and their explosiveness really jumps out. You dive into their advanced numbers, as I do in the article, and it's just so tantalizing to think of them there, especially as the defenses have to adjust for or specifically account for Justin Fields, their efficiency on normal carries will be very, very high. Unfortunately, that, I mean, it has a meaningful effect on fantasy scoring because you prefer to have 70 yards over 40 yards with the same number of touches. And you can really have that big a swing based on just how good the back is even in between the 20s. The other part is that you're less likely to get benched and become not a part of the game plan at all when you are explosive and you are efficient. I think both of those guys are going to bring that to the table. Their team is going to want to use them. The problem is just when you're inside the 20 and when you're thinking about receptions, the Bears offense will need to evolve in order to get those guys in, involved in the game plan in a way that works for fantasy. I break down all of the EP elements for that, what they would need to have happen. This is a good signing for Herbert as well, because he can remain the starter. He can be the focal point of the offense if he's healthy. And yet he would need to take the Montgomery role and minimize Foreman more than Montgomery was able to minimize him in order to have the type of role that you could just play. Now, when we think about all of these guys, and one of the things that 
fantasy managers have gotten so much more sophisticated with over the past several years is they start to understand that for the vast majority of running backs, this really is all about contingency-based drafting. And so when you're thinking about best ball, it's a matter of who has the opportunity to have big individual game scores. When you're thinking about redraft, it's who would I feel comfortable starting if the committee mate misses some time? So we're evaluating these guys, number one, in terms of the overall scoring for the season. Then we're evaluating them from a secondary perspective of what they would be like when their teammate misses some stretches. You go back and look at almost all of these players, and there, there will be some windows where they missed, and the other guy then will either take the starting job and run with it and score or not. Now, even some of that is going to be fluky, right? But you think about Samashe Ryan, one of the interesting players from the previous week and his signing, how well he performed when Joe Mixon was out. All of that is so interesting for these players. We've got stuff up on the site with it. You can use the tools to give you a really good feel for what it means from an expected points perspective. Column, you and I talk a lot about on the show that a player needs to have that EP profile where you have a reasonable rushing floor, a reasonable receiving floor, and then even though we know it's going to be it's going to bounce around a lot, both from a per-game perspective and a per-year perspective. You want to have a player who's talented enough that he could go through a stretch where he ha- adds three to four points per game above what the workload is. So those are kinds of the things you're looking at in the first two rounds, but then we're also looking that, at them as you get into that round eight to round 13, 14 range. That's so much the sweet spot right now for running back drafting in these early best ball drafts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Sean, that article will be linked in the show notes today, but Dante Foreman, I think, very interesting. Herbert, very interesting. This is an offense, as much as I don't want to see the Bears improving as an NFL team, I think they've made some really, really smart decisions over the last number of weeks, in particular with the trade, and then obviously getting DJ Moore into town, getting Devontae Foreman or Dante Foreman into town. And I do think that we're going to see fields continue to evolve, this offense continue to evolve, and I think it's going to be fascinating. I, I, 
I'd be interested to see when this Bears team comes out early this season if they implement some of the kind of plays. And it's very hard to replicate what the Eagles were able to do with the run game, but I think we could see some similar scenarios. But both the running backs here are, are very interesting. I think Foreman, probably in terms of players who has moved between him and Penny for who has been the biggest winner here and running back for agency so far, I think it's going to be very interesting too with Dalvin Cook, with Austin Eckler to see what happens with those particular situations. For example, if Austin Eckler now moves from the Chargers, how are they going to be able to, to replace that production? Uh, and if, if Cook moves on, obviously we talked about Madison recently. Um, you know, that's a big boost there for him. But it's going to be interesting to see with those veteran running backs how the dust will settle. Maybe they will stay put where they are at this current moment. But Sean, players that didn't move teams, I think Ramondre Stevenson is probably the winner in that category with Damian Harris now being replaced by James Robinson. Maybe we're maybe I'm wrong on Robinson of how the season finished for him but the jets didn't really get him involved at all after that trade which was very very surprising maybe it was a little bit of burnout post injury coming back starting so well and then failing out but i think that you know harris at this point of his career is is a, a much harder player to keep off the field than what we've seen from jim robinson in 2022 robinson hard to evaluate because of the injury and really we wouldn't expect him to be back until next year at 100%. If he comes back there, then I think he will be able to replace the Damian Harris production. They do have some other interesting guys. Pierre Strong, someone I'm still very interested in. But the Patriots have made some underwhelming signings. And so Tyquan Thornton, Ramondre Stevenson, both of those guys do seem to be pretty big winners. We'll see what happens with the Mike Kosicki signing. That's the one that's the real wild card. And when you look at what happened with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith coming in, neither of those guys really being featured and that massive bust situation essentially there won't be nearly as much enthusiasm there for the second time that we try this with a Mike Kosicki there's not as much enthusiasm now for a Mac Jones led offense but there's the potential with Bill O'Brien in town with Mac Jones taking a next step that you're actually going to get a great price on Kosicki specifically because of what happened last time we know that what happened last time I mean it's a minuscule sample right you have a different situation they're going to take another shot at it it's a player now where very explicitly, this is just a big receiver. And a big receiver is what the Patriots need. They don't have much at the receiving positions, especially if you believe that Juju is more or less a wasted spot there, a guy who's going to run around and one player is going to cover him and he's not going to be open. Thornton with the explosiveness, Gesicki with the explosiveness, those guys could be interesting. So Gesicki, somebody we're obviously tracking. Colin Damian Harris, one of the guys who was on our dynasty orphan that we purchased. So, I mean, it's very difficult not to see your own players through a little bit more optimistic lens. We hope that that signing does work out for him. It'll be interesting there. You mentioned the Devin Singletary signing and I mean, people are just not high on him, but you look at the numbers from last season, Damian Pierce, 4.2 yards per attempt, 2.4 after contact, Singletary, 4.6, 2.6 after contact. The evasion rates, 16% for Pierce, 15% for Singletary. That's actually down for Singletary. He was the only guy in football that over the previous three years had been at 20% for all three of those seasons. Singletary is somebody who will get tackled in situations where maybe you think that he shouldn't be. It seems like they leave some yards on the field. You look at the Bills blocking stats in our advanced team stat explorer last season, and they were fantastic. So a lot of that value is simply going to go to the offensive line and to the quarterback. You've got to account for 
a Josh Allen. We're not saying that those things don't exist or that we're looking at Devin Singletary and not admitting those portions of it. And again, Singletary, the older back now, even though he's mid-career, Damian Pierce, the young guy who looks so good in a terrible offense. So a completely different offense environment. Pierce is going to be the guy. We're not saying anything different there. And yet, if he were to be injured, if the Texans hit on their QB, which seems very, very possible, Singletary is someone who undervalued and and fun. So at least keep him in mind. Don't overdraft him. You want to get good prices on all of these players. One of the things that you can now do because free agency has been more or less successful for almost all of these guys is you can go through your drafts and just get good price after good price after good price. Whoever falls in that particular draft, you can scoop up. You don't need to emphasize a handful of players so strongly, especially at this point in the season that you're overpaying or you're getting overexposed. I love free agency for how it allows you to take a portfolio perspective in the mid to late rounds at running back. Column, our approach has always been to make sure that you get the guys that you believe are dramatically undervalued. We're not saying to go away from that, but you don't want to be inflexible. And if you're being delivered an opportunity to Use a certain strategy right now that will be very effective for you and that gives you some coverage as you go later into the season. You want to make sure you do that. Sean, you mentioned uh, Mike Gusecki there. He's somebody we've looked at a a couple of times in terms of being interested in his landing spot. I'm going to go through these players that have kind of moved over the last uh, couple of days since we last talked and maybe get your thoughts on some of them. Because there's names here that we've talked about in the past, both good and bad uh, for different reasons, but I'll run through them. We'll go tight ends first. You mentioned... Kaseki, obviously a one-year contract, $9 million for him. Obviously, was very, very underutilized in the Miami Dolphins system last year. Um, so I, I would be hoping that we see a bounce back, but I was also hoping that maybe a different landing spot than New England. We get uh, Robert Tonyan, formerly of the Packers. He signs a one-year contract with the Bears. We're not getting huge contracts handed out to tight ends either. You know, we're not, teams aren't really overpaying i think in terms of maybe in a one-year deal it, it could be a little higher than maybe people would expect but in terms of not giving out multiple year contracts to players that then you're regretting down the line uh the texans signed tight end dalton schultz off the cowboys a one-year contract as well for nine million dollars he's been incredibly productive over the last three seasons you know he has two thousand yards almost 200 catches 17 touchdowns in those last three seasons so for somebody like him to just get a one million nine a one-year nine million dollar contract a little bit of a surprise i think but the texans adding a, a pretty solid option there um brevin jordan obviously will will not be one of the targets this year he was one of our fun points of reference last year sean as a texans tight end at that point but um the other one then oj howard signs with the tight uh, the other one then oj howard signing with the raiders i thought this one was pretty interesting obviously coming back from a uh, an Achilles injury and we talked about James Robinson earlier in the show something that's very hard to come back from he was somebody you know early in his career there was a, a lot of potential a lot of flash and it just hasn't really um come to the realization I guess for a number of different reasons he could be interesting there with the Raiders we'll see what happens that is the tight end position moving over to the wide receiver position Brandon Cooks from the Texans the Texans were busy this week Sean uh, they exchange a 2023 fifth round pick and a 2024 sixth round pick for Brandon Cooks going to the Dallas Cowboys then we get the Panthers sign Adam Thielen three-year 25 million dollar contract and then Slitten, Darius Slitten, that is a two-year contract 12 million dollars going back to the Giants the Bills signing Trent Sherfield of 
the Dolphins. He's coming off a, a career year there. So there's a number of those, Sean, either veterans that are moving that maybe are past their peak and then tight ends who maybe aren't getting the, the longer-term deals but could be interesting. Gasecki could be interesting. Schultz could be interesting. I think Tanyan probably hit his peak a couple of seasons ago in that season in Green Bay, but we'll see there again. We're talking about this offense potentially continuing to progress. The Cowboys getting Cooks, I think, could be a, an interesting one. Um, he's continued to be able to put up productive seasons, even in, in tough situations there in Houston. What are your thoughts? Any of those players stand out either positively or negatively? Hopefully we get a positive one. Yeah, well, obviously the Cooks move and the lack of compensation is based on the fact that Cooks uh, gets paid enough to probably not have any trade value whatsoever. And so from that perspective, the Texans are, are lucky to get anything back. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter either way for them because they're building to a team that is post Brandon Cooks either way. And so I actually like the fact that they're going to open up some targets here. You would think that they're going to try and add a receiver in the draft who will come out and really be the guy that's easier said than done. You only have so many picks. There are only so many good players in this draft and other teams are going to be competing for those guys. Obviously Nico Collins seems like a winner. I think that the guy that is most interesting for me is John Mechie because we haven't seen him play. He was probably a little better prospect than I gave him credit for last season. He was drafted fairly early. If he can come back completely healthy from this obviously very serious health situation, then I mean, he's someone we haven't witnessed at the NFL level yet as a mediocre player, which is really what Collins is. I mean, if you're he's going to have a good season, he either has a, an unusual blow up, which would be great. We're not rooting against any of these guys, or he's just the product of so much volume being forced in his direction that he scores despite being, again, a, a sort of a, a middle of the road type of guy. Mechie could be better than that. And we like to bet on uncertainty, especially if it's very inexpensive. But then you mentioned Dalton Schultz and him coming into this environment. I think it's unfortunate. I have him in a few dynasty leagues where I would have loved him to stay with the Cowboys. You know that's a good situation because teams are trying to take away CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott has that rapport with him. You pull out the ceiling signals tool, which as always is named after the fantastic newsletter from Ben Gretsch. Make sure you subscribe over there. You look at his target per route numbers, even in 2022, where he was mildly disappointing. And it's 23% targets per route. That puts him only below Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Tyler Higby, who was very much this odd forced volume situation where Higby's depth of target last year was 3.0, a number that seems basically impossible. Higby obviously involved in a lot of tight end screens to bring that down. But then TJ Hawkinson, and Pat Fireman, those are the guys who were above Schultz last season in terms of drawing targets per route. You look at the last two years, obviously 2021, even much better for Schultz. And across that time period, then he is fifth in terms of total touchdowns at the tight end position. Again, behind stars like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark, and Mark Andrews. And then the wild card in there, Dawson Knox, obviously benefiting from that Bills offense. We mentioned how that's relevant at running back especially if you're looking at it for simply individual game scoring, it's relevant at tight end. But for Dalton Schultz to be a guy who can draw targets, to be a guy who can score touchdowns, that's interesting when you go to the Texans, again, especially if they end up with, say, a Bryce Young, and especially if he hits right away. 
because the competition for targets is not going to be extreme, or at least it doesn't look that way right now. The opportunity to score touchdowns won't be there, but if he's the guy when they do get in the red zone who has the target on him from the quarterback's perspective, again, we're, you're probably talking about a lower ceiling, maybe a much lower ceiling, but this is a, a high floor type of environment. It's specifically a high floor if you're a believer in Schultz's actual talent at all. We watched as a lot of other borderline players failed with the Cowboys over the last several years. That's one of the reasons why they went out and made this Brandon Cooks acquisition. Not the perfect location for Schultz, but one that is vaguely intriguing. And that's going to wrap us up for today's recap of free agency. A quick tour around the different players that have moved in the last week. It will be obviously a quieter time now, but we're going to be jumping in towards our NFL draft coverage as well. So looking forward to diving deeper into that over the coming weeks. We are going to be back with more shows later this week. We didn't have a show on Monday. We do have a show today on Tuesday, obviously this one that you're listening to. The the schedule will continue to be flexible throughout the offseason, but we will try and bring you those three shows per week. So make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed to get them once they are available. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode for you. If you subscribe, you might be surprised. It may even drop on Wednesday. We'll see what happens from that perspective. But looking forward to continuing to have these conversations with Sean throughout the offseason into the NFL season, which will be here before we know it, I'm sure, as we continue to build our excitement. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtomorrow. My co-host is Sean Siegel. You can check all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com, including the piece we talked about today on the show with the Bears and Dante Foreman. It will be added in those show links you can head on over and check that one out but until we are back have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and rotoviz radio please rate and review the rotoviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotoviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotoviz with a discount through the rotoviz radio homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast